Welcome to today's Education Technology Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath, and today's show conversation is with Sarah Aker, a recent graduate of Cornell University and a high school math and science teacher. Sarah, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Now, you are in a very unique position as an educator because you are part of the generation that has grown up with current technology. I would go as far as saying you probably used a certain degree of technology when you were at Cornell. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with technology then, and then we'll relate that to the direction that technology is going as far as education. Can you tell me a little bit about your technology use at Cornell? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I was at Cornell, it was pretty much expected to some extent that students are able to pick up some kind of actual programming experience, even if you weren't studying anything close to computer science. So for example, we would have to run certain um, equations through like mathematics software, like Mathematica or Wolfram Alpha, because that was just what was required. So as far as technology use, there's a certain amount of computer literacy that's just expected of any student when you're going into a high level university. You're expected to know how to type, be able to use Excel. You're expected to know how to use PowerPoint. You're expected to know how to use all these things. And as far as my educational experience, we definitely used certain, we use iClickers. So that's a way for teachers and professors to get instant information about how well the students are understanding their lessons. So we were quite, we were required to use those. There is a definite push toward online textbooks. Instead of having a physical textbook, students are able to complete coursework online. I know that some universities use completely online courses. Cornell tended to avoid that, but there was definite use of technology. Blackboard posts, so you could go online and use through a discussion board, have the professor pose a question and you would go in and give your responses and could respond to other student answers. So there was definitely a great deal of discourse happening online through those kinds of forums and basic computer literacy is expected of any college entering student. You just have to know those things. You've now gone to the other side of the desk. Now you have that knowledge in that language, which I think gives you a huge advantage when it comes to connecting and communicating with your students. Now, I think you have an advantage over someone that has been a teacher for 30 years who is, you know, used to breathing in chalk dust every day, all day. What kind of technology use have you seen now that you're on the other side of the desk? Well, one major resource that's been made available to a lot of schools through grant programs is Chromebooks. So that basically means that schools will purchase or be given grant money to purchase these giant stacks and carts, rolling carts, where you have 30 to 40 different small laptops. They don't have as much processing power as a powerful gaming laptop or even a regular personal laptop, but they're able to access the internet. And that enables students to interact with materials in a way that they simply would not be able to during a whole class instruction without a device. So that means students could be independently working on projects in a computer where the teacher is mostly supervising. That means students can be using things like virtual labs on their devices. So rather than if you don't have the materials to set up a full science lab for a middle school, say, you're able to do that on the laptops now. Through programs like Google Docs and Google Drive, you can share documents back and forth. So you can have five people editing a document at one time. So if you're working on a group project, now, five people are able to be editing this document all together at once, which is a huge advantage over the old pencil and paper style. 
And for a younger teacher, we have a lot easier time adapting to those resources because just the basic user interface is more familiar to us. The learning curve is a lot less steep. So I'm able to easily go online and find a resource such as I like today, I was planning a lesson for chloroplasts and mitochondria and cellular respiration and photosynthesis. I actually found a whole game, like a small platformer game that I can have my students play to help them learn those skills. So it's a lot easier when you're familiar with the basic interfaces and the ways of using these devices and not having to take a lot of time to learn that after you've already been doing something a different way for 20 or 30 years. I know that you also have a degree in philosophy. So I'm curious about that half of your equation. Technology is an efficient way to deliver this knowledge and to interact with your students. But as someone who also has a foot in the world of philosophy, is technology beneficial or do you find that it, it gets in the way of the actual transfer of knowledge? Um, it depends on how the technology is being used, I believe. I think that it has the potential to be a much more efficient way for students to learn um, just as, as a personal experience, I use Duolingo to pick up on a little bit of Spanish because I work primarily with low income students and I have a lot of students who really don't speak any English. So just using that compared to when I started learning, learning French at a young age and there was no program like that. It, the actual transfer of knowledge, I think, is far more efficient, can be far more effective and entertaining. Um, but at the same time, we get so adapted to the immediate instant gratification of, of a program like that. You know, it's like gamified. And I think that that can disadvantage students because you become far too adapted to immediate gratification, immediate responses, something that's flashy and entertaining to all of your senses. And I think that that impacts students' ability to kind of pause reflect and really absorb information on a deeper level because they're constantly interacting with something new. So that constant human-machine interface interaction could actually be detrimental in developing the actual human-to-human -human interaction that's really necessary to help these lessons kind of come home. Right, kind of come home and maybe for the um, the reflective ability. Learning is a whole whole process. And I think that students are often so used to immediately doing something, but then they're on to the next thing. So that information isn't necessarily soaking in because the second that they're learning one thing, now they're distracted by this other thing. And I think that students are often, if something isn't put right in front of them in exactly just a way, they are not able to problem solve as easily to seek out information and to put things together and to sit. And I think there's value in being able, having to sit and stare at a math problem and not being able to Google the answer. I think that answers are far too easily available to students. And that makes them less likely to pause and think for themselves, I think, and uh, to really integrate the knowledge into a, a system. I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're not a huge fan of the app Photomath. I'm not familiar with Photomath. Photomath is an app on your phone that uses your camera to look at a math problem. And then it tells you what the answer is. Unfortunately, for a lot of students today, they're not going to use that kind of technology to its advantage. Now, I can say as a college student, something like that could be tremendously helpful because by being given the answer, you could then work backwards to find the actual solution to the problem. I think it's a great application that it's available. However, 
I think students today don't always have the motivation and the drive to take the time to actually then go back and solve the answer. They're more likely to just take that answer, write it on their piece of paper and try to turn it in. So it's like that instant gratification. If the answer isn't immediately available to me in about three seconds, I'm not going to take the five minutes to really think about it and try to solve it myself. Do you think part of that is because students today, as you said, they receive information so quickly, they don't have time. And I'm going to go ahead and say, as a parent of high schoolers, with standardized testing, you have all of the state testing has to take place and you have to have a certain number of students get a certain grade level in order to get federal funding. And so the public education system really turns into teaching to the test, not teaching how to learn. Right. And technology facilitates that fire hose approach, but it doesn't give them an opportunity to learn how to get the answer. They have learned how to get the answer. And the way you get the answer is use this app versus here's how you get the answer. You think it through and you figure it out yourself. Yes, exactly. Um, And I think that that's important because, yes, in the real world, absolutely, it's much easier and much more efficient for an employee of a business, say, to be able to to access information that quickly and not have to sit and solve it out. You know, we all use GPS. Nobody uses maps anymore. I would almost feel silly um, taking out a street map and figuring out where to go instead of using my GPS to get somewhere. And I think that that's a great analogy. It's our students are using GPS. They're being read the instructions. It's all being fed to them. Sure, they're still driving to the same location, but they're not using their brains to get there. And I think But technology absolutely facilitates that process. So it would be wonderful to see educational products come out that not only get students to the answer efficiently, but actually promote that critical thinking aspect at the same time. I would even be in favor of adding into senior level exams a test where you have to open an actual paper map and then fold it back correctly as a requirement for graduation. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And um, spelling is another uh, interesting skill like that, right? Like people will debate, is there any value in knowing how to spell words correctly without having to look it up when these devices are going to be correcting these things for us? And I don't know if I've perhaps made it seem so far that I'm not an advocate of technology and education, but there are downsides, even with the great potential that these things have. And yeah, it's it's uh, skills that are being lost. I think that as our generation attains new skills, there are also critical skills that are being lost uh, and replaced through these technologies. And they're not lost because they're obsolete. It's not that we don't need that knowledge anymore. It's just that it's being devalued sometimes correctly, sometimes inaccurately. You know, this, this current knowledge, uh, for example, the quadratic equation. There could be a day when when people decide you don't need to know how to do that. Yeah. And as a parent, I'm going to say, hey, if I had to learn how to do it, you're going to learn how to do it because we all have to suffer the same amount. That's only fair. (laughs) If autocorrect was more correct, I would be in favor of it. I would be fine with autocorrect if it would actually correct to the word that I was intending for it to type in the first place. Yeah. And then, you know, and then perhaps that could be a gateway for students to instead of having to take a spelling test and learn these spelling rules, maybe they could be spending that educational time on something else. Now, is that what really happens in the classroom? I don't think so. But in theory, we could replace 
old unnecessary information with new useful information that pushes us forward into the 21st century that instead of focusing on skills that students don't need because of technology, we could be focusing on skills that will help students to thrive in a technology-driven world. But like I said, I don't see right now that that's happening. A lot of these technologies that students are using were designed to make things easier and they do make things easier, but perhaps at the expense of critical thinking and problem solving and perseverance. It's become so easy to do a lot of things, perhaps too easy. With the advance of technology and the the constant speed at which technology is evolving, when is the last time that you personally wrote, other than a Christmas card, in cursive? Um, I believe that I did today. Yeah, I, I believe that I did today, but I was consciously doing that just for fun. Like I wrote a little note on a piece of paper in cursive, so I used it. However, uh, I didn't need to. <laughs> I certainly didn't need to. I remember going through the cursive writing exercises in elementary school and filling out those books after book after book of cursive handwriting. The only time I use cursive now is when I sign my name to something. Everything is typing. It's all touchscreens. And that's fine. But I think you made an excellent point that there are certain skills that you just can't get through technology. Yeah. Being able to research, being able to read I think that students, you're used to the 140 characters. I know that that's a common talking point, but I think it's really true. I think students have a hard time reading through long form documents because you're used to short form. You know, articles are getting shorter and shorter because our attention span is decreasing. So if you give a student a book that they need to read, they just can't integrate that much information. You know, they're going to want to read the summary. They just want to read the spark notes. But cursive being an example of a skill that perhaps we don't need anymore. We could instead spend that time teaching children how to type. There's actually, it's funny because with all this technology that's become such an integral part of our lives so quickly, it's evident that that wasn't a thought out process. And so, you know, students who could type faster on their phones using their two thumbs that actually can't type correctly on a QWERTY keyboard. They don't know how to use the home row, they're pecking. So provided that those technologies are available, students may not even have the skills to use them correctly. I probably type around 75 words per minute. I bet my daughter texts way faster than that. It's astonishing to watch how quickly she can get some funny joke or pun or something to one of her peeps. And I have been talking today with Miss Sarah Aker a recent graduate of Cornell University on the Education Technology Podcast. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. Really have enjoyed it, and I look forward to having a chance to talk to you again down the road. Great. Thank you so much. Bye.